How are you, friend? What's going on? Talk to me. Hello, hurdlers. How are you, body? Here, coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle. A wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For Hurdle Moment this week, oh man, I just love... I love this community. I love to cap off seasons with a listener questions hurdle moment. And this episode marks the last hurdle moment in season eight. I swear time is flying. We've had some really, really remarkable guests over the last 12 weeks from Gabby Butler to Dr. Robin Burzin, Neka Agumake. Oh my goodness. I mean, Kira D'Amato, Chrissy King, Michaela Skinner, and I cannot forget the Turning the Page series. Always a favorite thing for me to kick off the new year with those five back-to-back episodes with my favorites like Trent Shelton and Bex Gentry, Ali Arady, Alex Silver Fagan, Mindy Grossman, so much goodness. And you all have been here for all of it. So thank you for your time and your awesomeness. And today I am repaying you by answering a lot of your questions. And wow, we have some good ones. I think, I don't know, 20 to 30 questions came in for this episode. I appreciate all of you for willing, for being willing to contribute your voice to the show. If you submitted a listener question and it is not answered in today's episode, do not worry. I received it. I appreciate you. I had to cap today's episode off at 16 questions. And trust me, we have a lot of really good topics here, ranging from what is the thing that I wish that I had more time for, recommendations for how people can meet other people in new cities, how to not compare yourself to other runners, talking about internet privacy and specifically privacy on Strava, tips for starting a podcast, talking about goal setting. What do you do when you're spending time at home alone? I'm touching on investing. Did I see my life going this way? I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of really good stuff in here. So thank you again, all of you for your questions and engaging with me and supporting me and just caring about this thing and also yourself. I think that that's a really good point to drive home here is that, yes, this is my show. It's this thing that I have created. Hurdle is my livelihood and it's my passion, but I do it because I want to help you. And so hopefully you feel that by engaging here and showing up here and listening in regularly that you too are bettering you. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi and... As the season winds down, do me a favor. Give me a little gift. Rate and review the show if you haven't done so just yet in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify ratings, I'll take them all. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. With that, let's get to hurdling.
What is the one thing that you wish you had more time to do? It may be um, working with an organization you care about. It could be mental health. It could be anything you want, but I know how busy you are. And I just was curious, what do you wish you had more capacity to do if you could wave your magic wand? So this question, it's interesting, right? Because I do believe that when we really care about things, we make time for them. But sometimes you have to get to a point where you realize that something is of a certain importance to you that you create this space. Last week, I gave a talk in Baltimore to a large delegation of young women, all girls in like their mid to late teens. And for me, that felt and gave me a sense of purpose that really like ignited this fire inside of me. So in terms of something I would love more time to do would be volunteering. That can be a little sticky and a little challenging because obviously, as we all do, I need to make a living. And so often work will get prioritized above that, so to speak. But my goal is to do some thinking on that and think about how I can incorporate more doing good and spending time mentoring in what I have going on right now. Also, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention dating here. I'd love to like create more time to prioritize this, but that's uh, that's a work in progress. Hey, Emily, this is Olivia. I'm from Colorado. Um, I have medium long length hair, um, mostly just because I put it up in ponytails when I go for a run or work out. Um, and I know that you do too. So I would love to know if you would ever do short hair um, or kind of like shorter medium length hair. And also if you would talk me out of doing that myself, because I'm about to do that. So thanks. Bye. All right. I'm never going to dissuade someone from trying a short hair moment. I, my goodness, I want to say like Halloween 2014, I dressed up as a flapper and I wore this like super cute short brunette wig. It was a little bob and it looked so cute. And when I posted photos from that Halloween, I got so much positive feedback. Everyone was like, you should totally try this, etc. I tried it. I did not think that my real short hair looked anywhere near as cute as that short bob. Plus like a wig, you don't have to worry about frizz. You get the idea. So for me, long hair is just, it's kind of where it's at. I don't think I'll ever have a hairstyle where I can't put it back in like a low bun or a ponytail, I say, as I reached at the back of my head to grasp my current low bun. But you can find what works for you. I mean, I have plenty of friends. I My college roommate just cut her hair on her head and she said it's like the best decision she's ever made. So you've got to feel out what's right for you. I encourage dabbling in a short hair phase at the very least. And maybe you'll find out you love it. But the good news is that your hair is going to grow back. So what do you got to lose? Really? Really? Not much. Hi, Emily. My name is Alexandria. Can't wait to see you in D.C. My question is this. I know the pandemic complicates things and I know you moved quite a while ago, but do you have any suggestions for a person who has moved to a new city and wants to find things to do and places to meet people? Thanks. All right. So my recommendation here is going to be pick up a hobby. It can literally be anything. Of course, if you're a hurdler, then you've heard about me talk on the show uh, read the running groups that I'm involved in, but maybe you like knitting or you like trying new restaurants or you like a rock climbing or you like ballroom dancing, whatever your hobby is. If you Google like 
your hobby and the city that you're in, you're going to find a group of people that get together to do those things. So start with a hobby and go from there. Also, one other tip, whenever you are going to these meetups, be really present there. So show up, don't be on your phone, be open and inviting to meeting other people. And you may be surprised about the quality relationships you can find and seek when you are open to seeking them. Hi, Emily. My name is Olivia. I'm from Toronto, Canada. Hi from the North. I have a question for you. My question is, what are some of the ways you go about not comparing your times, like your PRs for the marathon and half marathon, et cetera, distances to other runners? Because for me as a runner, I often find myself comparing my times to people who are similar age to me and, you know, wondering why I'm not as fast as them. So what are some ways that you avoid comparison? Thanks so much. You don't need me to tell you this, but comparison is the thief of all joy. I know that that doesn't really help you not do it. But one way that I kind of get my personal competitiveness in check is I remind myself of how far I've come on my journey and that my journey looks different from somebody else's journey. And what I have going on in my life is going to be different than what they have going on in their life. I find so much more joy in kind of leveling up on my own personal accomplishments than I do chasing something that somebody else has done to each their own though. Right. Again, I know that that might not be super easy. So in the moments where you find yourself really getting stuck in that comparison trap, I would encourage you to write down some of the reasons why you enjoy doing a certain activity in the first place. When you revisit your why, you will feel more purposeful with how you execute and less concerned about how others execute around you. One last thing on this note, make sure you celebrate yourself, celebrate the small wins, celebrate the big wins, celebrate all the things, especially when it comes to getting active and getting out there. Starting is just so important. So make sure that you make the time to commemorate that you are putting yourself out there. And if you're being active then you're doing something good for you and your body. I also had a question regarding your approach to your privacy settings when it comes to apps that... uh, have your data such as uh, I use Strava and, you know, there's the maps and it shows streaks and things like that. And your followers can see your stuff or everyone, just those types of settings. Sometimes I know I get kind of, I guess, paranoid about my privacy settings and sometimes I change them. Uh, Other times it doesn't seem to bother me. So I just didn't know if this is something that you've dealt with or um, if you just have any advice on a good approach to this. Thank you. This is a good question and it's really important. So I recently decided to start hiding my start and end points on Strava. You can set your security preferences for whatever radius makes you feel comfortable. I think within a mile of where I live, other people won't see my personal map. So that's one way to protect your privacy. Also, if I'm going to post my Strava route, I will only post my Strava route uh, on my social media beyond Strava if the start and end is nowhere near my apartment. Uh, something else that you can do in that case, if you do want to share like a screen grab from your run, is you can upload other photos so that the main photo that you're sharing isn't one that shows your map. And then be really smart about when and how you're sharing things on social in general. I very rarely tag a location or a place when I'm physically there. 
especially not when I am alone. It always cracks me up when people reach out to me and I'm on vacation by myself and they're like, oh my God, where are you? What are you doing? And I'm like, we don't actually know each other. Although I appreciate you. And I know that you're probably not creepy, but I'm going to respectfully decline answering this question in this moment. I digress. With this said, it's good to hear that you're thinking about your privacy and your safety. And no matter how much we like to boast or perhaps overshare at times, that should always be priority numero uno. Hi, Emily. I'm sure you get this question all the time, but I wanted to ask your advice when it comes to starting a podcast. What equipment do you need when you are just testing the waters, just starting out, um, and you're not sure if you're ready to invest? What does it take to get started? And how do you get that recording from your device to the platform where you're sharing it? Specifically, what would you use for editing programs and what platform can you upload to and how do you start to share that content? Thanks so much. So when you're just, just, just starting out and you don't know if you want to commit to podcasting, this is going to sound crazy, but recording voice notes on your iPhone, if you're doing solo episodes, the microphone to your iPhone is pretty damn great. With that said, if you do think this is something that you have a little money to invest in, there are plenty of USB microphones. A couple of my favorites include the Blue Yeti microphone and the Audio-Technica microphone. Shure also makes a few low cost USB microphones. And what that means is a USB microphone will plug directly into your computer so that you can use it to record audio. You will need to record that audio into a program. I personally use GarageBand, but you could also use Audacity. And then from there, when it comes to hosting platforms, there are a ton of different options. I use one called Anchor and Anchor then automatically distributes your podcast to a bunch of the different places that you may listen to this podcast. So I'm talking Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, you name it. If you want more info on all things podcasting, I do have a hurdle session called Intro to Podcasting. I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. But if you're hesitant about it and you're thinking about it, I say, why not give it a go? You know, I was hesitant about starting this at one point and now (laughs) over 5 million downloads later, I can confidently say it's one of the best decisions I have made in my career. Hi, Emily. It's Alex from New York City. You mentioned previously that you check in on your goals many times throughout the year. And one of the things I'm most interested in, and I hope I'm understanding this correctly, you mentioned in a previous Instagram story that you do kind of like mini retreats with yourself twice a year to really deep dive, check in with your goals. I'm so fascinated by this. I would love to learn more about it, your process, maybe even an example of the last time you did this. I'm so interested. Thank you. All right, Alec, good question. This is one of my favorite things that I have started to do for myself as an entrepreneur. So about two to three times a year, I do a check-in with myself and I have what I like to call a personal summit. And there are two rules for this personal summit. One, it is alone and not in my own space. So that means that I'm getting out of my Brooklyn apartment. And two, this summit is completely dedicated toward thinking about my personal and professional goals. So I will pick a weekend for this summit of sorts and I will literally get out of town. 
Now, admittedly, the first personal summit I did, I actually just decided to book myself a small conference room at a hotel nearby and post up there for two days. But the purpose of this is really just to provide the space to take an honest inventory. I found that when I wanted to like program this space, so to speak, into my regular work week, that I was always making excuses not to have the check-in that I knew that I wanted to have for myself because other things would just get in the way. This is probably going to sound pretty type A, but I also set like different blocks of time to think over different things or different priorities. Like I mentioned earlier in this episode that now I have this priority of thinking about how I can volunteer with younger women and teenagers. So maybe at my next professional summit, if I haven't made a lot of headway on this yet, I would block time at least an hour to do some research into that to get to where I want to be because I know that it is something that is meaningful for me. A big rule for my personal summit meetings is that social media is a no-go. So typically speaking, my favorite ones that I have done have been at those like getaway cabins in the Catskills, Uh, just completely off the grid doing my own thing and taking the time again to focus on me. Emily, hi, my name is Emma. I'm from Minneapolis. And my question is about the kinds of things that you do living at home by yourself in the evenings. Uh, I feel like a lot of us are at home more frequently than we usually are lately. So I'm wondering what kind of things you do when you have a night to yourself at home that are not Netflix or reading or just cooking dinner? Do you have like games that you play alone or anything that just keeps you occupied in the evenings? Thanks so much. Love the show. Honestly, the things that you named are kind of what I do (laughs) when I'm on my own. I love cooking dinner. Like this is why, and I'm not trying to make this an ad, but like I love Green Chef because I love having the opportunity to cook, but not having to think a lot about like what it's going to be or look into recipes or whatnot. Although I have a girlfriend who recently started on Sunday nights, like ahead of Sunday, maybe on Wednesday of the week before and picking out a recipe that she wants to make. And her Sunday night ritual now is like diving headfirst into like a semi-complicated recipe. I think like last week she made like a lobster risotto and I now want to also make lobster risotto, but I digress. I do love a Netflix and lay kind of situation. I feel like I'm speaking all day. I'm reading all day. So it's kind of nice to have these mindless moments. I'm also really big lately on baths and I'm also really big on journaling, which I'll talk about in this episode shortly. The other thing that I do is I'll put on a podcast and I'll just lay on my couch. I'm not really good at napping, so to speak, but sometimes I just want to rest. And so that's a nice way for me to rest and learn and absorb and just be. Hey, Emily, this is Sarah from Boston. Um, I've been listening for a while and I'm not a runner at all, (laughs) but I love the interviews that you give with inspiring people. My question to you is, how are you navigating the world of investing? I am in the boat right now where I'm trying to organize my finances. And I remember seeing on your Instagram stories that you also started investing. So What's your strategy here? Are you meeting with a financial advisor? Um, How is your investing journey going? I'd love to hear some feedback and some tips. Thanks. Okay. So I'm still learning a lot about this, and I would hardly say that I'm excelling at this just yet, but I am. My toes are in the water. Like my feet, both feet are in the pool. I recently, goodness, I invested in crypto. I, I have 
Bitcoin and Ethereum. I did it on Coinbase. A girlfriend helped me. Uh, I kind of went into it in my mind thinking like if I lose this money, it wouldn't be awesome, but it would be okay, which was the right mindset to go into it with because I swear since the day that I invested money in these cryptocurrencies, they have just plummeted. I digress. I also have a 401k and I have a Roth IRA and I always make sure to do the max contribution in the IRA every year. I believe that is something like $6,000 total. Um, and aside from that, this is the year I'm definitely interested in getting uh, or investing more in individual stocks. I do have a really great accountant that uh, specializes with working with people that own small businesses and are 1099 employees. So that has been really helpful when it comes to kind of balancing my books and doing my taxes and whatnot. It's one of the best investments that I've made for my business. But yeah, aside from that, that's kind of where I am on the investing front right now. I'm super interested in making smarter investments and really invested in talking to individuals in this space so that I can learn more. So much so that I actually have an episode coming down the pipe soon with Jacqueline Johnson. She is known by many as the co-founder of Create and Cultivate. She also recently started a VC fund called New Money Ventures. So we're going to talk a lot about that investing and, and all that stuff. So hopefully you will find it extremely helpful. Hi, Emily. It's Fee here from Nottinghamshire in the UK. Um, I wanted to ask you about journaling because I know you're a big advocate of it. Um, what's the best way to get started? Uh, what time of day do you do it? Do you do it every day? Uh, what are your journaling top tips? Thank you. Bye. We love international hurdlers. Hey, I was literally just having a conversation like 20 minutes ago about the London Marathon this year, which I'm hoping <laughs> I will be well enough to finally check off of my bucket list. It is in the plans right now. So hopefully I'm going to see you, Fee, when I come over. Anyway, journaling. You know I love journaling. For me, my journaling practice is an every morning thing. I use Baron Fig notebooks. I'm obsessed with them. I will link to them in the show notes. Uh, and I wake up, I make my Nespresso while the Nespresso makes, I make my bed. I walk back into the kitchen. I take my Nespresso. I walk to my couch area where now I decided to start keeping my journal like under my coffee table. And that's where I journal. And I write one page every single day, just kind of like recapping the past 24 hours. And then I end every single page with a highlight, like something good that I'm grateful for from the past day. And this is just like the journaling style that's working for me at the moment, but I've definitely tried some other techniques before, uh, whether that be like a one line a day journal or a guided journal. There are a lot of really good options in that avenue. I know that a lot of people really like the five minute journal, but the most beneficial journaling tactic or technique is the one that you're going to stick with, right? So maybe mine feels a little overwhelming to you and that's okay. I actually also have like another smaller journaling practice. When I sit down to my desk every morning with my AG1, I open up a notebook and I write down like two to three things that I am grateful for. So I write down one highlight slash one thing I'm grateful for early in the morning before I work out. And then a couple hours later, right when I get to my desk, I like to kickstart my workday by writing down two to three more things that I have gratitude for for. And that doesn't need to be like something that happened in the last 24 hours. That can just be something generic. I think today I wrote down, I am grateful
grateful for the soft sweater that I am wearing. And I am grateful that I have the financial means to go to a concert. I actually went to see John Mayer this week, which was super, super, super awesome. But journaling, do what feels right for you and try out some different modalities, like try out some different methods of journaling and you'll find one that feels like it fits best in your routine. Hi, Emily. My name is Lisa. I'm calling you from the great state of Maine. I've been a hurdle listener for the past couple of years now, and I wanted to start by thanking you for all the light that you bring into the world. I love sharing little snippets of your podcast with my students as they try to find their own way in this world. I'm a middle school teacher, and my question has to do with where you saw your life headed when you were in college. Did you think that you'd be hosting a show like this? I know that you went into journalism and writing, and I just didn't know if Hurdle was something that you imagined and manifested, or was it something that was a culmination of a lot of other activities? Thank you so much. I, I, again, I mentioned the teen, teenage women front, young women front, it means the world to me to be able to help them and, of course, be able to do some good for everyone in this community. But it's really resonating with me lately that I want to get more involved in that space. So I appreciate you for sharing some of the work that I'm doing with your students, and I'm happy about that. I, When it comes to what I'm doing now, I mean, I never thought that I would have a podcast. I think when I was in college, especially like podcasts weren't really a big thing. Blogging was a big thing, but I definitely saw myself living and working in New York City. I saw myself being a journalist. I dreamed of living that like Carrie Bradshaw life. I have this signboard in my office that maybe if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen before that says, remember what, when you wanted what you have now. And I truly did really want this growing up. I wanted to have my own place and be independent and work diligently in a career. Although I definitely thought that career would be uh, rooted and not waver from being in women's magazines. So it's fun. It's fun to have this different path now. It's exciting to see where I'm going. And I am happy that I get to learn and talk to interesting people along the way. Hi, Emily. This is Claire from Brooklyn. Hope you're doing well. I just wanted to know if there are any online fitness classes that you're loving right now and why. Thank you so much and hope you have a great day. Hi, Claire. (laughs) I love when my IRL friends pretend that they're not my IRL friends and call in to the show. Online fitness classes. I mean, honestly, the ones that I use the most are Peloton classes. I have the bike in my apartment and I'll take some sporadic strength at different times. But other than that, uh, for a while, I was really big into the class. I've had some of their people on the show as well. I loved those conversations with Natalie and Taryn. Otherwise, all of my fitness consumption is with running and the future app, at least for the time being. Hi, Emily. This is Nisha. I come from Iran and I live in Dubai. I love your show so much. Uh, I always loved the idea of running, but I've never tried it. Recently, I've tried running on a treadmill, but uh, I 
I couldn't find the confidence in me to go for a run outside. Uh, it's so out of my comfort zone. What is your advice for me on how I can start uh, adding a short run even to my daily routine? Thank you so much for all the work you do and all the content that you produce. I love you and thanks. Oh, I love you. (laughs) That was so sweet. Thank you for listening from so far away from where I am right now. I I understand what it feels like to feel really intimidated and self-conscious to run outside. And I think the first step to getting comfortable with this is recognizing that most people go through a point in their lives where they feel this way as well. So you are not alone in feeling like that. Once you recognize that, for me, the key to getting comfortable with being outside and running outside and kind of putting myself out there was to start small. So when I started my love affair with running, I ran, walked a half mile every day. And I was only outside for a total of like 14 minutes every day, but it helped me develop a habit. So don't compare your progress to anybody else's progress. Start small. Know that you're not alone in how you feel and keep track of your progress. Like write down how this experience is going for you and make sure to celebrate your small wins. I'm here if you need me. Hi, Emily. This is Jen from Queens, New York. Um, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, and I sometimes even listen to you with my teenage daughter as you have such positive and real messages about getting over hurdles. My question today is about your nighttime routine. I love listening to the episode about becoming a morning person and all the helpful tips you gave. In that episode, you talked about how it all starts the night before, so wondering if you can share your nighttime routine and what that looks like post your work hours. Okay. Nighttime routine. I'm not going to lie. My nighttime routine is not as homed in, like dialed in as my morning routine. I feel like the morning routine is on lock. Uh, Nighttime routine really varies on how tired I am when I'm ready to call it a night. If it's like a casual night at home, I'm better just sticking at this. I'm really working on getting good with my skincare. So I, my new thing is that I'll like do the whole like face situation, skincare situation, like 20 minutes before I'm actually getting ready to go to bed so that all of my products have time to like seep in a little bit and I'm not lying down with like stuff on my face. Uh, So that looks like a face wash, one of like the 8,000 serums that are in my cabinet that I don't have a rhyme or reason on to how I'm using. (laughs) Really? I should reference that episode that I did with Renee Rouleau. I'll put it in the show notes, but she had a lot of really great tips in there. And then after that, um, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb starting at around 8 o'clock. So that way, anyone that I'm communicating with, like in the hours leading up to when I'm actually crashing, it's very intentional. I just want to protect my space, my mental energy that way. I was at the very beginning of this year reading 10 pages a day before I went to bed. I That routine has kind of fallen by the wayside, if that's the right expression. Uh, but it was something that I really liked. So I'd like to get back into that. And then outside of that, uh, beam dream is really a big part of my nighttime routine. I think I talked about this in the morning episode as well, but it's like a cinnamon tasting hot chocolate that has reishi, L-theanine, magnesium, melatonin, and their nano CBD. And it's great because I'll drink that about 90 minutes before I crash, which is like, seems to be the perfect timing for me. And I'll just sleep through the night, which is it. 
you don't realize, I think, how often you wake up during the night until you have a night or a string of nights as a, you know, result of me incorporating Beam Dream into the routine where you don't wake up. And it just makes the biggest difference. And I'll even see on my whoop strap that drinking Beam has me uh, with less disruptions through my sleep, so to speak. I obviously should tell you that you can get up to 35% off of your first month of Beam Dream if you head on over to beamorganics.com. That's B-E-A-M-O-R-G-A-N-I-C-S.com slash hurdle. Uh, and also you can get 15% off everything else in the store. So that's one of my secret sauces to my nighttime routine. And it helps me also like not eat a ton of desserts. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I have at least one mini Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cup every single night. It is like my kryptonite. (laughs) I'm obsessed with them. Um, but just one or two, it's my little thing. It's the thing that I do, but The Beam Dream Reese's PB, well, Trader Joe's PB cup combo, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Hey, Em, Caitlin here. My question has absolutely nothing to do with running or working out or athletic greens or your favorite Lululemon pants or the best thing that you've eaten over the last few weeks. Here's my question. How are you, friend? What's going on? Talk to me. Caitlin, why does this question make me want to cry? Well, first, it I literally LOL'd, but then it it literally like makes me emotional. And this was not the first question that came in like this. Hi, Emily. My name is Derek. I'm a longtime listener of yours. I just want to call in and ask, how are you? Like, seriously, how are you doing mentally, physically, emotionally? We've all been through a lot over the last two years. So I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Thanks. Should I be dating Derek? <laughs> I just had a laugh. The one man to call in today. To be honest, there were probably five questions that came in asking me how I'm doing. And it's not surprising to me um, that I believe that you teach people how to treat you. And I would hope that through the messaging that I put out on social media and just the way that I speak here on the show, that you know that it's okay to be vulnerable with me like I work to be vulnerable with you. And I have said over the last few weeks uh, that I've been just kind of navigating some stuff that I'm not completely ready to share here. I don't know if I ever necessarily will share everything here, but the things that I am going through, I am certain and I know that I am not alone in the hurdles that I'm kind of working through at the moment. Some of them are extremely personal, which is why I'm kind of protecting that space. But I had a really beautiful conversation with my life coach about the struggle that I feel about kind of going through things that I am navigating offline, right? The things that I'm not speaking about on the show and being such a person that is okay with vulnerability, like how that feels and how I kind of feel like I'm not being super authentic. And she said something that really resonated with me that my vulnerability in itself is a way to connect with other people. So whereas I may feel some sense of guilt about not giving all of the details about everything that's going on, the fact that I'm willing to say something like, I'm not doing the best right now, 
that is a big deal because so often we are surrounded with this messaging that like everything's got to be okay. And like you're surrounded by the highlight reel and everyone seems to be thriving. And we feel as though when we're going through something that we're the only person that's trudging through the mud. And that is just not it. And I also know the importance of reiterating that just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that you can't have good moments within the chaos. I'm going to say that one more time. Just because you are going through a hard time doesn't mean that that is like the sole fact in your existence. So right now, I can feel as though I am going through a rough patch, but that doesn't mean that I cannot seek and find joy in my day to day. There are going to be moments where life feels like it's at 100 and there are going to be other moments where life feels like a strong sub 50. But the opportunity that I have is to seek joy and embrace both and learn from both. And so I encourage you, like wherever you are in your journey, whatever it is that you are going through, to recognize that and to have some grace with yourself and know that you don't need to do anything that you don't want to do before you're ready to do it. You get to make that call. Whew. Deep breath. <laughs> Deep breath. Physically, let's check in there real quick. I'm feeling okay. Running's been going pretty okay lately. I am feeling a little like blah in my body. I think this is like the winter moment that a lot of us experience with hibernation and whatnot, but I have the tools that I need to feel better in my body and I'm working on it and I have fish defrosting in the refrigerator right now and I'm going to make myself a healthy dinner and eat good things and treat myself well. And I encourage all of you <laughs> to shake up some AG1 and do the same. <laughs> you are welcome. Caitlin. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 35 minutes of listener questions. I'm going to fall back respectfully right now, but I do have so many more and I promise you they are not forgotten. I will be answering them in upcoming episodes of five minute Friday. And if you sent one today, or maybe you didn't make this a thing, I want to answer your questions and I would love to do these listener question episodes more often. And to do them, I need your input. I need your feedback. I need your questions. So if you want to leave me a question, a voice message, you want to interact with me, hit me up. The link to do so is in the show notes. Make sure you're following along with the show over at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. I just want to let you know, I appreciate the hell out of all of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.